Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Song Facts Podcast. I am your host, Corey O'Flanagan. Thank you so much for being here, tuning in, having a listen, and we got a good one for you today. As always, this podcast is proudly a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. And with that being said, I have some pretty exciting news to share with you. We here at Song Facts and Pantheon Podcasts are giving away an exclusive VIP experience to see Nick Mason's Saucer Full of Secrets. Yes, that Nick Mason. The drummer for Pink Floyd, Nick Mason. So enter to get front row seat upgrades. Head to pantheonpodcast.com slash nickmason to enter. Find the link in the show description or head over to our Twitter, Facebook, and or Nick Mason's Facebook page for the link to enter. What you can get, a pair of front row tickets to see the show, and in a few select cities, these will be premium seats in the first few rows. One very special commemorative guitar pick shaped necklace carved down from a drum cymbal played by Nick Mason himself. That's pretty awesome a selection of curated exclusive VIP merchandise, commemorative VIP laminate and lanyard, crowd-free shopping at a dedicated merchandise stand before the show. Go get tickets now at saucerfulofsecrets.com, which is conveniently linked for you in the show notes. On October 20th, they will make a stop in Denver at the Paramount Theater, and I will be there, so please come down, say hello, and let's enjoy a wonderful night of music with Nick Mason's Saucer Full of Secrets. There are shows all over the U.S., so there are no excuses. Check the link and find a show near you and enter to win this exclusive package today. Good luck. On the show today, we have longtime Nashville singer and songwriter Derek Hoke. Derek has been doing his thing in Nashville for over 20 years, and now after a four-year gap from his last album, he is giving us some amazing new music with the album Electric Mountain, which is set to drop on September 9th. We catch up with Derek in his home in studio and chat about some new songs as well as some older ones. He tells us about his time hosting $2 Tuesdays in Nashville's The Five Spot Club, and he even takes the time to play his latest single, Let Go of My Heart, live and acoustic on the show. 
So please sit back, relax, and enjoy the wonderful music of Derek Hoke. Well, Derek Hoke, thank you so much for coming on to the Song Facts podcast. Um, let's get right into it because you've got a new album, Electric Mountain. Yeah. That's dropping on September 9th. And um, how's been the making of this one? Is it, has it been a long time coming? I mean, it's been, what, four years it, since you dropped something? Yeah. So, like, you know, the pandemic didn't help with kind of moving things around. And uh, yeah, we had started some of it uh, previous to that. And then, you know, after being depressed for a while with everything shutting down, we kind of decided to, like, revisit some things and... Um, speed up some tempos and uh, kind of tinker with it a little bit and then add some, uh, once we started kind of getting to where we could be around uh, people again, uh, producer Dex Green and I started having people come over to the studio and like, hey, why don't we get like Lily Mae to play some fiddle on this tune and, um, and get her to sing a little bit too. And like, let's put some organ on this one song. Let me write a couple of more songs that fit the album more, not write any pandemic depressing songs or whatever. I feel like everybody else has got that covered. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we, you know, we, we just kind of kept building it and um, adding some things and taking away some things and then listening to it over and over and over. And I was like, I think we're done with this thing. And um, but yeah, whatever, four years later or something like that. It's like, all right, this is this is what I have to say. Finally, is it hard to find that? I'm always wondering about that with the the idea of a, a piece of art, essentially, and especially when it's spread out over that much of time. Like, when do you put the final period down and just close the book and say, that's it? I mean, I feel like the natural course of an artist is to keep tinkering because you're seeking perfection which we know is not possible yeah the records are never done but you have to i think once you start like once i start writing even more songs i know in my head that this is for something else and like can't just i'm not gonna make a double album just because i can't stop writing songs yeah it's like this is part of this era of my thoughts and stuff and then I have some stuff that's coming down the pike that's going to be something in the future. But maybe some little elements crisscross in there, which might be instrumentation or like, you know, we didn't think of as like a omnichord or some weird instrument to add. Okay. And, um, and I know where to find one and I'll be right back. <laughs> There's a lot of that. And that's the beauty of like living in the music town. Everybody's got some little gadget that they can loan you for a song to record with. But, um, yeah, there was definitely a part where um, we had mixed the record and I think we were about to send it to mastering. And it was like, let me change one word here. Let me change one guitar part here. Wow. And then we're done because we've heard it. Going into those kinds of details. I would imagine it's like editing a film or something. You're just watching this thing over and over and over. But after a while, it's like, is this the whole, is this the story I'm trying to tell? Is something yeah. missing? Are we overdoing it here? So we kind of edited some songs down. We had a lot of long outros that were really cool and epic, but it's like, 
is it only like the four of us in this room enjoying this? <laughs> if I give it to you, are you gonna be like, dude, this is let's wrap let's wrap this song up. So I have to think about it like that too for the listener. And like, all right, some of this is a little self-indulgent, so let's let's chop it down. So I've been there as someone who's tinkered around with some garage band of musicians and and we you know you go in there and make a song and then you get so excited about it as a group and you bring it to like the office the next day and make someone listen and you're like they're like that's barely in any sort of time or rhythm yeah it's like what sounds like you guys are having fun that's what matters yeah but i me as a listener wasn't there so i don't know how to connect to it and uh, yeah think about all that stuff like the make it universal you know I'm a bit of a people pleaser, so. Well, that's something that I was going to ask you about, too. Um, One thing that I wanted to get into was you mentioned that this new record is you kind of coming back into the light. And that was a quote that I found on your website, and it just kind of made me ponder. And I'm wondering if you can expand on that idea and give us some context as to why you feel that way. Well, the, the last record I made was called Bring the Flood. I think that was 2017 or 18 mm-hmm. and that that record was I was kind of venturing down some new roads for myself which I've been doing a lot of kind of fun honky tonk kind of some you know they call it throwback country or whatever yeah and um and then I'd written this record that had a lot of minor chords and some deeper kind of uh Americana and I mean that not in the music genre, just like American dystopian kind of a lot of sadness going on. A um, different feel. Yeah, like watching the news and like just things were like kind of dark and stuff. And I sort of let that into my psyche and that started coming out. And um, so there's a lot of kind of depressing songs on that record. And uh, but I guess I needed to get that out. And so one of the first things in my mind about uh, this record was like we have to steer we have to steer back toward uh, like a more positive uh, outlook, even with the pandemic and stuff like that going on. It's like this isn't going to bring me down. I'm not going to get like I've already felt that way, and I don't like feeling that way. Yeah, uh, like down and down and depressed and stuff. And uh, did you find it challenging? Yeah, especially and, with everything going on in the world, I guess to like really to write positive over the last couple of years, I would just be like, that's a feat in itself. I had to look beyond because if you write about like, I'm going to write a positive song and it not sound forced. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that's a trick for me. Uh, like, well, this just sounds like I'm writing a don't worry, be happy tune, but I really don't feel that way. So I had to kind of like, all right, this is everything's going to be okay. Things are going to get better. The sun will come out tomorrow. All those, all those kind of thoughts, you know. And so I let that kind of um, stick with me throughout the writing process. I mean, there's a couple of you know moody tunes on the record, but I wanted the overall feel to be more hopeful and upbeat than the last record I'd made. Perfect segue because the first single is "Wild and Free." Wow. 
And I'm curious what your sort of process was for this song and the message that you were trying to convey because it really does feel like a hopeful song for me or to me. Yeah, the so a lot of these things for me, uh, I'm not a very prolific songwriter. I kind of I'm very last minute, like uh, crunch time. Like you have to have a mm. like write a song by eight o'clock tonight. Give him a deadline. I'll do it. <laughs> but if it's like, hey, write a song sometime by, or this week sometime, I'm going to wait till Friday night to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, but with that song, I kind of looked at it like um, either like a curtain opening or like the other is like um, I used to do a lot of driving in the early morning as the sun came up. And like during the pandemic and all that stuff, I would just go out by myself and go on these long drives. And um, hmm. it was part of that stuff of like uh, being in the dark behind the wheel, but this new day is dawning around you. And you're, it's only, it's almost like it's only for you because you're, there's no other cars on the road. You're on these back roads and stuff. Yeah. So there's a lot of that seeping in and we wanted it to be cinematic and, and the sonic qualities of the song just kind of gradually kind of go into this bigger this bigger thing and it, it would it just came back to that thing of like everything's going to be okay there's you know there's there's light at the end of this darkness kind of stuff so that was the thematic uh sense of it and then that kind of transferred over to the rest of the album does that mean that this was maybe one of the earlier ones that you wrote that one and um there's a song called Say You Will. Beneath the southern stars Oh, I met the girl I love And she stole my heart Now I'm headed out west Following the moon Oh, will it lead me home? Uh, which is basically like a little, I think of it as like a bluegrass love song, but we took all yeah. the bluegrass out of it. <laughs> it this, weird, this moody thing. And uh, and that was the one that the producer, Dex Green, like grabbed his ear, like, oh, I think we can do some stuff with, like, I know what to add to these, these little songs. Because these are all, I just come up with them on an acoustic guitar and um it's not like a band is rehearsing them or anything like that so we just kind of have these little ideas and then we just kind of expand on them and um, yeah that was always if you think about it like a like an outline it's always at the top what we're kind of going for like stay okay. positive just keep 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 it cinematic sounding but not over the top you know our, our little checklists of yeah. what we're kind of going for so but yeah, that Wild and Free turned out really well. Now, a lot of that has to do with uh, Mike Daly on the pedal steel just added this, just made this other dimension to it. And, now, uh, is that one of those things where the song was recorded and then you guys were like, we need to fill it in with something? Or was he there from the beginning? He was there from the beginning, but we didn't really, we didn't know, we knew the pedal steel was going to be in there. And I always think of the pedal steel as like, helps ground everything like what like what is this music and then i always think of the pedal steel as like everybody loves the pedal steel i yeah. love the pedal steel 
And I like that sound more than like a string section coming in or something like that, orchestral. And so it kind of replaces that, but then adds this kind of country element to it as well. But also, and again, it also adds like this wide open spaces thing because that pedal steel just has a high lonesome vibe to it. And then um, he started doing these, we just kept kind of overdubbing him doing some solos and they kept getting more and more elaborate. Okay. And then we started playing guitar along, along with him and like egging each other on to like create these things that would build. And that's just one of those songs we had to chop off because it's like, we could just keep going. <laughs> we're, then we're like entering Grateful Dead territory, you know, yeah, yeah. this my little dark star moment or something and, um, <laughs> for deadheads out there. And uh, so we had to, let's just do a long fade, but the, the, the sentiment has come across. We're going to run wild and free together. And we're and then we fade off into the distance, you know. So yeah, I was very happy with that one. Stay tuned for more Song Facts podcast right after this. Song Facts podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, I've always wondered why when an athlete breaks a leg in the middle of a competition, they get all the sympathy and everyone's all worried about them. But if their mental health breaks down, that's not necessarily viewed in the same way. It's almost viewed as a weakness. But without a healthy mind, being truly happy and being at peace, well, it's hard. And the good news is there's therapy out there and it actually works. So what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated and you need some tools to help. Maybe you're struggling in a relationship or at work. These are the things that therapy is there for. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. You don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really all about. And a special offer to SongFax podcast listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash songfax. That's betterhelp.com slash songfax. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast and have a great day. One of the things that you touched on before was these different feels that you have throughout your albums. And so I want to kind of go back to what I was first introduced to you by, and that's 2016's album Southern Moon and the title track. And this, I mean, it resonated with me because of the bluesy feel yeah. and everything with that. And I'm just wondering if you can tell me a little bit of the story behind that song. And that song's like another 
it's almost like another driving song, like behind the wheel. Totally. A lot of those kind of things, and um, and songs about like moving, like we're going down the road or we're walking down the street or what have you. And that's just a song that kind of started with like a. There's a bluegrass guitar player I love, uh, Tony Rice, and um, and I would incorporate a lot of like bluegrass stuff on the electric guitar, which people do, but uh, I always thought it was a unique way to go about it instead of just doing acoustic guitar, bluegrass stuff. And so, yeah. you know, start with a cool riff, have a uh, have a good opening line, and um, you know, kind of a little. Uh, going after the going after the girl song you know uh one more chance yeah and and it just has like a good southern flavor to it and um uh and it's i think it's like two chords too i, I don't know it's one of those things where you don't really think about it until i tell you that there's nothing to it i mean that's kind or, of the beauty of blues music yeah. right yeah it's fair if you're feeling it you know, unless you're like a music scholar, you're not really watching the chords go by or listening to it that way. You're just listening to the song. And uh, some of my favorite songs have like one chord. And like uh, Lucinda Williams has got a song, I think it's called Joy or You Took My Joy. It's one chord. And I could listen, if there was an hour long version of that song, I would listen to it. Bob Dylan has a few of those too. But yeah. I, that was sort of like, and then it's like a, um, a bit of like an exercise in restraint. Like, what can you say with the least amount of information here? And um, that's kind of what we did with that one too. And it really kind of puts more pressure on the melody and yeah, if you have a strong focusing on melody, that. If you have a strong melody, you can kind of get away with anything. And, um, so yeah, we just kept it simple, lean into that little riff. And um, I think that's, I think that's our most or my most popular song on the old Spotify, I think. And I'm yeah. like, how are people even know what this is? But I'm glad they do. It must the, the algorithm must just point people who listen to blues music to it. Because I'm pretty like, sure that's how it came southern, up on my like or Southern <laughs> and then Moon. Like people are into astronomy, so I guess we'll <laughs> we'll put that one at the top. Yeah, you really got the SEO out on that title. I know. I think to write a song called like Crypto Kardashian. <laughs> Crypto Kardashian will be my. That's actually, there's something there. I don't know what it is, but. I don't know, but it'll be a hit, though. Yeah. (laughs) So, as that was like the first song that kind of introduced me to you, I go down and I listen to that album because I I tend to try to do that when I get introduced to a new artist is to be like, all right, let's just pick an album and listen top to bottom. And it's a crapshoot if I'm picking the right one or if it's going to resonate with me. Who knows? Oh, yeah, yeah. But, um,. What it did is it showed me that for a Nashville artist, quote, um, there's a huge wide range of musical interests and styles. And like this album, every song, I mean, I felt there was, I think the next song on there, if I'm right, is like a, got like a, um, like a Brazilian backbeat or something to it. Like, yeah. And I'm like, it just keep going. Then it goes into what you were talking about before, like kind of like some more like 1950s country style and stuff right. like that. It just keeps going. So I'm wondering why is it important for you to keep doing these cross genres within your music and your albums? Um, one, I get bored easily, even Same. with myself. <laughs> and, um, and those are the records. Those are the kind of things that I like. 
and I I look at it and I I feel like these records that I make, um, you know, are going to outlast me. They're going to be around when I'm gone. And it sounds morbid or whatever, but it's like I want to make. I look at them like I want to make records. I want to like yeah. top to bottom, listen to front to back, and um, and does this carry your attention the whole way through, or am I just singing? This song's about a truck. This song's about a girl. This song's yep. about a... And there's nothing wrong with any of that, but, like, I don't want to do that. And I have a hard time listening to records that are, are that way. And um, I'll pause that, listen to Radiohead, listen to some piano jazz, then come back and listen <laughs> to the rest of this record about the Dirt Road thing. Yep. And, um, and I love those records, too. But it's like, I want to make a record with a lot of different kind of... Uh, incorporating all the things that I love in there without putting them all into one song at a time. It's just like uh, separating them out. Like what kind of song can I write that has like a kind of a Mexicali, yeah, Brazilian type of feel to it. Yeah. And then what, like, what's like a good, let me write a song that's, there's a song on there. I think it's a, I forget what it's called. I call it my George Jones song. And so a lot of them are just like ideas or challenges to myself. And um, they're like, I like that. That's cool. And again, uh -huh. put some pedal steel on it, glue it all, glue the room together. And um, we're good. Yeah. Exactly. Look back on it. I can look back on those records and be proud of them instead of like, you know, what were we thinking or that's, just stuff that's going to hopefully hold up over time. And yeah. That's I know what you mean by that. I mean, I kind of feel like I creatively, I activate my creativity in the same way through challenging myself in some way, shape or form. And so I, yeah. I can completely understand that. Um, so you, you're nice enough to have agreed to play. What's the latest single for us? I'm going to attempt it. I love it. I love it. I don't know. I, this is the kind of thing like I grew up as like uh, in the 90s with VH1 storytellers, MTV. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like I when I can incorporate this kind of thing into the show and just make it raw, we're not worried about the sound. No, or me remembering kind of lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, say when and I'll do it. So I'll give it a little intro and then you can just go right into it. So it's the new single is called um, Let Go of My Heart. And we've got Derek Hoke with us. The The album's Electric Mountain. And again, it's dropping September 9th. Um, so we've got Let Go of My Heart. And Derek's going to play us this a little bit right now, at least what he can remember. Yeah, and try to be in frame as well. <laughs> Tell me what to do I need a little loving But I don't need you Let go of my head Don't tell me what to think Gonna cut the wires Cut the string Careful what you say Careful what you do Bring me down again 
back my soul Don't tell me how to feel well, I know what's right, I know what's real Give me back my tongue Don't you tell me what to say I'm gonna speak my mind anyway Careful what you say Careful what you do I'm always so impressed with it. I have no idea if before we got on here in your beautifully new clean studio, if you warmed up your voice or anything like that, but that sounded so good. I practiced before we went on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they, especially that last lick. I'm like, how do I, because that guitar is tuned to a weird tuning. So I had to kind of run through that one. Yeah, no, it sounded great. And like, I, I really like it broken down like that. Like I was listening this morning as I was putting together the outline. Yeah, I really got your well email. I'm like, do I know how can I pull this off? Let me tune this guitar to a weird tuning. I think I can do that. Yeah. Well, so then when you brought that song into the studio, did you not perform it like that for the producer in the band to start? No, I had. Oh. It's usually with a capo. Like I have, I'll put capos on guitars in the weird spots and write songs where I don't even know what I'm doing. It's just like more like a, another like exercise. And um, and then sometimes it's like, I don't know if a song's major or minor. I'm really bad at, um, I don't know what it's supposed to be. Like, I know the difference, but I'll write a bunch of songs that are blurry. Like, it could be either one, which is a very mm -hmm. blues thing. And so if you played like an A major, or in that case, an E major, it takes you out of the blues thing. But if you play an E minor, then it's a totally different song. Yeah. So you have to get rid of what's called the the third note of the scale. Yeah. So ditch the third and you're in neither. And you can do a whole other world of music with that. So that's what I did with that thing. 
we got a we got a we got a nice acoustic rendition and a little music lesson, which just absolutely love. Um, I'm gonna let you get back on with your day. I have one more question because this really kind of caught my eye. And like we know, Nashville is just this spot where there's so many raw, talented people out there, especially songwriters, especially country music and things like that. But you've been there for over 20 years now. Yeah. And have done something where you're hosting $2 Tuesdays at the Five Spot Club. Is that still going on? Um, I've been doing that forever. And we're wrapping it up like in September. After, oh, wow. Like over 10 years of doing it. And um, I made a big Facebook post about it. I kind of didn't want to make a big deal about it. I kind of wanted to like just, I'm not big for fanfare or big, you know, have a fireworks display. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not good at talking about myself which you've probably gathered as our, with our conversation here. But the the five spot owners, everybody, once I kind of let the word out that I was going to start winding it down, um, all the love started pouring out. And it's just been a great thing to do over these past this past decade. And it really put me on the map, too, here in town. And um, it's just been a great music community that would just hang out up there on Tuesday nights. Yeah. Um, you know. It's sad to let it go, but it's like it's just time to start. I want to do some more, do some other things. With I hear you. What gets what? I want you to look back now on whatever it is, ten years. Are there any memorable sets or artists that you've had come in there that you said to yourself as it was happening, like this is this is something. This is going to yeah, be on the radio or. There was definitely a, because that night started out was like, it was just for us, little group hanging out at the five spot which would be like Caitlin Rose and Margot Price and mm. and um, just some people that lived in the neighborhood. And then all of a sudden there was all these people there that I didn't know. And then like Shovels and Rope would play and all them witches and uh, like Peter Buck from R.E.M. sat in one night. Oh, wow. They were in town like mixing a record, I think. And uh Robin Hitchcock moves to town and starts hanging out playing. I, we backed him up doing some like Elvis tunes one night. Oh, so fun. All these things like that that just are a blur to me now. But while, while they're happening, I'm aware of how special it is. Yeah. And um, But also, I would have never imagined that our little hangout night would become something like that, you know. But, I think um, that's kind of the beauty of something like that, especially in a town like Nashville where you're just like, who knows who might come in and it's almost like a yeah like a comedy club type thing where you're like you know i need to go right. test this 10 it's minutes not on advertised people. it's like you had to be there kind of thing and that's what i liked about it like not making it a big deal and um and then you get asked about it the next day like hey was so and so up there like yeah why didn't i know about it i don't know <laughs> you go you need to go every week and you'll figure it out you know so yeah. um well, Derek, I appreciate your time today. Um, thank you for playing a tune. The album, Electric Mountain, everybody, September 9th. And obviously, if you can get down to the five spot in the next month or so, yeah. check it out. Appreciate Come you, man. You can. Yeah, man. I really appreciate it. Have a good one. You too. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much to Derek for coming on the show. Be sure to check out that new album, Electric Mountain, coming out September 9th. And of course... Stop in the show notes, check out the link, go get your tickets for Nick Mason and win that upgrade. I would love to see you at the show in Denver, but I'm sure it's going to be amazing no matter where you are. 
As always, for the stories behind the songs, go to songfacts.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.